Hello and welcome to Media MD, the podcast where each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I'm Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And when I said that each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that we have somehow missed, that's not what we're doing today. <laughs> we're, we're in between weeks, which um, maybe it's time we updated that intro spiel to include the fact that we do episodes in between our fortnightly episodes, Elliot. But look... Uh, I don't know how to edit audio, so we're just going to have to roll with it. Um, <laughs> so this 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 week, instead of uh, of talking about John Wick, which we're in the middle of of watching, I'm in the middle of checking out your recommendation to me, which we'll talk about again next week. Yeah, um, we thought we would take a look at a, another piece of off week content. Um, this time we're, we're revisiting a series that you may also enjoy if you enjoyed some of our other stuff. Nothing really in particular. It's just a series that we both, I think, is fair to say. Is quite dear to both of our hearts if you enjoy good tv yeah if you enjoy good tv and you enjoy giving something a good shot and and letting it get better for, <laughs> for a few episodes <laughs> um because in case you couldn't read the episode description the episode title what we are talking about today is a tv show called agents of shield um yeah yeah elliot do you want to give us a a, a it seems so weird to say a plot summary, but a description of what the plot starts out being, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, the the first thing I, I always sort of want to point out when, when sort of talking about this is, since it's part of the, the whole Marvel cinematic universe, I think most people sort of assume it's going to be a sort of superhero type show, especially because, you know, mm. there, there's so many of those, especially if you see any of those DC ones on CW. But, um... Yeah. Shield, um, to me, I, I feel like it's more like a, a sort of spy show. Like it reminds me more of yeah, like yeah. Old, the old show Alias and, and and stuff like that. Like it feels more like a, a spy movie or or TV show than um than having anything to a do spy with superheroes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, so and I mean, basically, it's it's uh, if you've seen any of the Marvel movies, Shield is this um, organization that's basically like the CIA, but for doing dealing with superhero stuff yeah and like mysterious otherworldly artifacts and and all that junk that shield is the cia that operates on the things that aren't in our world <laughs> yeah and and so especially at the start the series um sort of goes week week by week where they you know sort of find that sort of monster of the week type format where there's some weird object or or weird something or other and the something's come down from space and the team have to investigate it or someone's started missing hands or growing extra hands or yeah and i mean this is probably a a stupid part to start describing even though it's first because this is the part that's sort of universally hated um it's generally regarded that the most of the first season of shield is not very good um and it really sort of picks up right at the end of season one and that's where things get a lot less monster of the weeky and and it becomes a much more serialized show and yeah yeah i want to touch on this um i think so the the turning point is common is is season 1 episode 17 right which is an episode called turn 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 but before we get to talking about the whole kind of twist and how that plays into the show i think it's important to point out that um it starts out Week. It, the show starts out weak, but it doesn't start out unenjoyable, at least not to me it didn't. Um, it The Monster of the Week format, I think the biggest problem with it to me is that it's a format that doesn't last. It's a format that can't really last without getting quite repetitive. And so, sure, the show starts on a low point. And in fact, the, the, the worst 
rated episodes of the show are the first season. The worst overall rated episode of the show is number two, just yeah. because it's it wasn't the pilot. It was just the next episode, and it's you know not 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 great. Um, but it's not terrible. I don't think. <clears throat> I think the show just kind of suffers from from its format um, at the start. Yeah, and I, I mean, for me, I I didn't find the monster of the week format itself to be crap. And I mean. You know, I've watched almost 11 seasons of X-Files, 13 of Supernatural and stuff, so I clearly don't have a problem with that format. Mm. I think... Wait, you're still watching Supernatural? Man, that's some dedication. I really hate myself. Um, <laughs> the I, I think the issue with, with most of season one of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that the characters are really flat and very tropey. And mm. that what, what really happened when they ditched the Monster of the Week format is they actually started to work on the characters and... That's just what made the show way more interesting. Well, look, looking back, I mean, I haven't rewatched the first season in, in a long time, but looking back at the kind of trends of, of the ratings of the episodes and looking back and trying to remember my feelings on the episodes as they were coming out, I think the show started out weak, but it was, it was always going up. It was always getting better and better in quality. And then there was a jump at, at episode 17, which we'll talk about shortly, but it was improving. It wasn't, it wasn't like staying stagnant and then jumped up in quality. And, and I think that's because despite the Monster of the Week format, which never really suits long sort of growthy character arcs, it was it was fitting in a bit. And I think that's why it was getting a bit better. But the the writers sort of really got to unleash. And, and I mean, the plots definitely got better when they switched to serialized stuff as well. And I mean, this is this is sort of helmed by Jed Whedon, who's the best Whedon, and, mm. and um, his wife Marissa. And, you know, so I, I think they sort of got to step actually into their element, which I, I don't know if they were like, you know, they may have been sort of more under the thumb of the powers that be, the sort of suits. And then when, for whatever reason, maybe they got more control later and, and that was sort of what what helped them switch. But it, it definitely, it just feels like they're, they got more into it um, when they were. I, I think, honestly, the problem might just be that the show was built to have a twist at episode 17. And so... When you're writing a show like that, it, the first half of that season or the first two thirds of that season is the stuff before the actual stuff starts, you know, um, it's the preamble and, and that can't help when you're writing it. Yeah. Sort of what you're saying is um, if you're setting, you know, this whole thing up in episode 17 to sort of catch you by surprise and subvert what you think is going to happen. First, you have to set the expectations that the normal stuff is going to happen. And so to do that, you just going to have to do the yeah. normal thing. Um, and that was quite successful at the time, right? Like that was, I, I remember when I was watching the show, it, it, it was not expected I, what what started i happening. didn't believe it for a while like i remember there were like three or four episodes where i was like this isn't going to be real something like it's going to be a fake out or somebody's going to be a, a double double triple quadruple agent or or something a secret quadruple probationary agent. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it was just like it was really by like episode two of season two i sort of had to sit down and be like okay now this has actually happened yeah this is real yeah this is this is what happened so let's let's stop talking around it and let's let's just say here like this is a show that succeeds because you don't expect what happens or, or this twist succeeds because you don't expect what happens and then the show becomes one of my favorite shows um at least during the last season uh it was my favorite show on tv um and it's still up there really high up there so I would urge people if they want to get into this show, we haven't really talked about why we love it, but uh, <laughs> we do love it and it's worth checking out before we dive into it a bit deeper. 
Yeah, and definitely, I mean, if you're if you're someone who who you know is happy to sort of skip stuff and everything, like seriously, consider just skipping straight to episode seventeen, or or maybe just do a yeah. couple before it. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there are skips in there, or there's a list of like which ones you can skip yeah. from the first half because this is a show that people love and they want to get people into it, and everyone in the fan community of this show recognizes the worst part of the show is the first part of the show. Yeah, it's just well, it's it's just really hard because it you can't really just tell people to like try it out because just try most of the first 15 episodes and then it's good. Yeah. Most of the first <laughs> season isn't really indicative of, of what's actually good yeah. about the show that or, or what we actually like about it. I think everyone just sort of got through those first 17 episodes because the, I guess they didn't hate it. And then suddenly you, you start to love it. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about it? Let's, let's talk about what happens in the show. Shall we? Um, yeah. So if you're familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you've seen Captain America 2, um, which was one of the uh, bigger bigger cinematic movies, um, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in, in kind of phase two, um, one of the key plot points of that movie is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is diseased. It, it, it's been infiltrated and even was kind of built from the ground up with this kind of subculture within S.H.I.E.L.D. of... A secret villain group called Hydra, which are like the evil shield. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, and it's it's a big turning point in this movie that this entire shield organization from the very start has had Hydra inside it doing things and manipulating things behind the scenes. And yeah. then episode 17 is the episode that comes out, that came out the, the week after that movie was released. Um, and so obviously the fact that that shield completely gets disintegrated and falls apart and had spies inside it the whole time has to be relevant for this show because it's called agents of shield. Yeah. And so what happens is one of the characters that you have, you know, known the entire time who has just kind of been this bland all American kind of action hero character um, who's had as much development as all the other characters and, and you like him essentially as much as all the other characters at this point. Um, Turns out he was a double agent the entire time, and he kills some characters that you've known for the past five or six episodes. Um, and it turns into this weird kind of thing where you really feel the betrayal on this team. You really feel how betrayed they are that he has just killed some of their closest friends and attempted to kill them and, and almost succeeds in killing two of the main characters. And Yeah. It becomes very tense. And the show has set you up. The the entire time it's sort of happening, I was just sitting there and I was like, well, come on, we all know Ward's secretly still working for the good guys. He, yeah, of he's, course he's um, a good guy because it's, it's Grant Ward, all, it's one of the main characters. Yeah, this is all some trick. In TV, the main characters don't just turn to the other side. Like, that's not how it works. But yeah, but then he's a villain in seasons, you know, two, yeah. three and beyond. And I think it's it's hard to talk about this without talking about how excellently uh brett dalton who's the actor who plays grant ward does it uh, he, he just pulls it off flawlessly um it's weird this show doesn't start out being that well acted i don't think but the 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 actors really grow into their characters after having played them for a few months and and it's at the moment i think incredibly well acted yeah and i mean the 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 hugest improvement to me is um I I just remember at the start of the show I found um Fitz and Simmons who are the the two mm. science officers of the team 
just kind yeah. of like cringy and your classic like awkward scientist duo who just sort of save the problems with their hacking at the end of the episode. Yeah. And I mean, you know, by the end of, uh, especially, you know, during season three, they're easily two of the most interesting characters in, in the show. Yeah, definitely. They, they, yeah, all the characters, they, all the characters grow so much and the actors grow with the characters and they kind of merge into this one thing that just means that they're able to to be i don't know outstanding on screen yeah definitely um (laughs) i think it's apparent at this point that we both really love this show and we could talk about it for a long time and we already kind of have talked about it for a long time without even talking about that much about it um i i want to talk about um so so each season season one kind of starts off with this episode of the week format until we hit towards the end and then the overarching plot that's kind of been in some of the episodes earlier on yeah. starts taking over um a plot revolving around this mysterious character called the clairvoyant who's behind all these shadowy organizations and whatever um season one i think is is the worst is the weakest season even after it gets good uh because yeah, definitely. the later seasons are great <laughs> um season two again just completely changes the game for the show it introduces all these new things and and they completely redefine how the show works. For me, the the last few episodes of season two are probably still the height of the show. Um, yeah. I think some people would argue that the middle of season four is better. And mm. I mean, that's a fight for another day. But yeah, season two just really just starts nailing everything. And, and yeah, like I said, I think that's yeah. as good as the show's been. Yeah, I think the finale of season two is I, I, I just sat there and I watched it and I thought this is the best show that I've seen in a long time. Um, and then it kind of continues that momentum through season three and season four. It's far and away, like, I would I would unequivocally give it the best sort of network show I watch. I think the only shows that are on its level are those sort of big big budget, like, cable shows, like, like Game of Thrones or mm. The Expanse or something. Yeah, um, just in terms of what's on network TV, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really a, a step above everything yeah, else. for sure. Um, so season two deals with this plot that's to do with Inhumans, which are kind of like X-Men's mutants in 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 execution i guess um yeah one of our main characters finds out that she is one and suddenly she has superpowers and and there's this whole dynamic about her accepting her new role and and meeting these other characters that that are like her and kind of finding this society of of inhumans that completely changes again the dynamic of the show which is insane to think that they do that again um and then season three (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then season three happens and season three is weird to me because it was at this point that they kind of transitioned from from whatever agents of shield was before quite a fun quite a well-made compelling show to something more kind of horrific which was inter- interesting um, they got a bit of a later time slot and and the show started getting more and more well they used it i, I don't know horrifying yeah they used it that season three involves a lot of quite disturbing things including um Mind control and some Im- implied kind of un- under under the behind the scenes or heavily quite quite implied sexual abuse slash rape mind controly kind of stuff, which is it, yeah, it, it's interesting because yeah, season three it, it does sort of just take. I don't think it introduces too many new concepts. It takes what was in the no. first two seasons, like Inhumans and, and Shield and Hydra, and then just takes them in a very different direction. Well. It, it kind of introduces the concept of space um, and, and terrifying other planets, right? Um, yeah. So season one and two are completely terrestrial. And then in season three, or sorry, in the, in the end of season two, 
the, the team has discovered this mysterious artifact and season two ends with one of the characters, this giant stone monolith, breaking down into a liquid, sucking up one of the characters and then reforming into a solid and then the character's just gone. <laughs> and and it's it sets this up as, you know, this is going to be the big thing in next season. Like what happened to Simmons, Gemma Simmons, who's one of the, the character who disappears. And then it just kind of, season three starts and I definitely didn't expect this earlier. I don't know if you expected this, but... They resolve that at such a breakneck speed while still being completely satisfying. And then the show just has this incredible pacing of like in- insane stuff is happening. And it's not it's not bad pacing. It's engaging and very fast paced um, of just balls to the wall, crazy shit happening in every episode. Yeah. To the extent where if I was watching a network TV show, it's the kind of thing where I'd expect um, in a less well-made show some conflict gets set up and then there's three episodes of the characters not really being able to resolve it and just kind of being like, oh no, we can't do anything. And then finally they get the MacGuffin or whatever and, and something happens. But in, in the start of season three of S.H.I.E.L.D. to me is this thing of shit stuff's actually happening and it's all developing and how are they going to how are they gonna have 15 more episodes of this <laughs> yeah. show in this season if they're doing it like this? I definitely remember things being set up, like things would be set up in like episode 13 or, or something and just, yeah, just through sort of habit of watching network TV shows, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this will be important in like seven weeks. And then like 20 minutes later, yeah. it's already finished. And I was just like, wait, it's but like, what are we yeah, going to do now? They've, they've <laughs> retied it in and it's all resolved and it's all kind of affected the plot and you can see it's affecting the plot to the future. And it's it's this stuff of like, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's such a, a well-paced, fast-paced show. I, I don't know how I would put it other than that. Um, God, so then season four comes up. <laughs> and and this is the one, I mean, for me, season four is, is a huge part of the reason I, I really wanted to bring this up today because, mm. um, I mean, so season four... The concept of pods. That introduces, yeah, the concept mm. of these pods, which are basically, so as a, as a network TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has 22 episodes in a season, uh, and that's, that's just a lot. I- I don't think there's a show that can do that without being affected by it. Exactly. And um, and, and I mean, it, seasons two and three are both great, but there are definitely episodes where I, I wouldn't necessarily call them filler. I think in two and three, S.H.I.E.L.D. did a good job of not necessarily making them feel like filler, but they were definitely not yeah. entirely on task. Like it would, it was sort of subtasks. Yeah, like maybe two episodes could have been combined into one yeah, episode. Yeah, or, or like, you know, in, in their quest to defeat the bad guy, they it also turns out they have to defeat this associate bad guy and mm. or or they need to get information from somewhere else and and so it's not it's not exactly filler but like it it's excuses to delay the main confrontation yeah i i would i would class it as they wrote the story to be longer than it needed to be. yeah exactly um, not necessarily filler but a competent editor could have made it less episodes <laughs> exactly and um and so what season four introduces is these pods which basically some genius just decided that instead of doing 22 episodes covering one big plot they could just have three groups of about seven or eight episodes that all Mm. deal with their own sort of plots that are kind of interconnected so there's still sort of a general theme thematically linked as well as linked through plot yeah there's there's still sort of a theme to to each season um but Mm. there's, there's sort of so i mean season four i think the first like seven or eight episodes deal with uh shield fighting ghost rider who um is not played by Nicolas Cage. I know, which is a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's he's a different ghostwriter, which I think I think they knew we can't do um what is his name? Johnny Blaze again because he 
Nic- you can't beat Nicolas Cage. So they had to do a different ghostwriter, which is Robbie Reyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, then uh, like, so after about episode eight, it then bro- suddenly breaks into this LMD thing. Uh, LMD stands for life model decoy. So basically mm. half the characters get replaced by robotic duplicates and the other half are basically mm. trying to figure out who's been swapped and who hasn't because even the robots don't know. Yeah. I would class the conclusion of, of, of the LMD pod as some of the most tense television I've ever seen because there are there is one episode in particular which is I think is one of the highest rated episodes where you know that you know that one character is human and you know that one of two characters is human and the other one is a robot and and it's just this cat and mouse game of them each trying to deceive the other into thinking they're the like trying to deceive the audience and trying to deceive you into trying to know which one's the human and which one's the robot and you just can't and, and it's so intense and it's so uh, yeah it's, it, it's so good and that's the part that's generally considered the like well, in terms of ratings that's the highest rated part of shield yeah um yeah. and then there's a third pod which which is pretty cool where they all get uh after these robots sort of don't entirely lose the whole team gets trapped in a virtual reality yeah, thing basically tie with them uh some of the robots die but the team gets so heavily fucked up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it's basically irrecoverable. And, uh, yeah, they haven't really recovered from it, have they? No, uh, we're, I mean, we're halfway through season five at the moment and um, everything's still getting put think, back together. I think the writers knew, look, we they can't come back from this, so we just have to put them into space. <laughs> far space, far in the future, that's all we can do. <laughs> um, yeah, so so the third pod is is them getting trapped inside a... A virtual reality, which is has been built up to through the LMD arc as this kind of thing, which is uh, like how the the robot Ada, who's the the villain robot, um, kind of operates is is through this framework, which lets her kind of simulate life. Right? Yeah, and then season five is is still currently in its first pod. I think the first pod's actually ending uh, this week. Uh, yeah. And that's been dealing with space slash time travel slash a lot of things. And I have abs. Well, I, yeah. they've, they've given a few quick cues, yeah, a few clues as to what the next pod's going to be. Yeah. So, so they've been sent into the future to try and like help the last surviving humans after the world was destroyed by by one of the main characters. And so, I suspect what, either pod two or pod three will be going back and trying to stop the end of the world. Yeah, and um, they've and we kind of see where it goes from there. They've hinted that quite heavily. So so I mean I'm looking forward yeah. to it, but I, I think they're stopping for the whole winter olympics or something, so we've got to wait about 2 months. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Who cares about the winter olympics? Why don't they stop for the winter marble olympics? That's <laughs> exactly. what I care about. <laughs> uh, that the winter marble olympics will just have to get us through the lack of agents of shield. Yeah. If anything's up to the challenge, I think the winter marble olympics is, but <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, I love the pods. I think it's the best way. I, 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 yeah, it's a great idea, isn't it? it? It's surprising that it hasn't been done before. Exactly what I was going to say. I like as it sort of started happening, and I was like, "What? Why isn't everyone doing this? Like, this isn't a, a super like incredibly difficult idea, really." Yeah, it's not a hard idea. Like, to like, come like up somebody with, just looked at just not great network shows and said, "Hey, their seasons are only like a half or a third as long." Why don't we just like do two and a half seasons worth of like storytelling yeah. in a, in our stupid long seasons, and and it works so well. And I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if in ten years this is fairly common for for you know shows that it would suit. Like obviously something like a sitcom, like 
doesn't need this. Um, it doesn't need a season-long arc. Yeah. yeah but, but shows that have a season-long arc that is the, the kind of progression of the season. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm tempted to, to call back to iZombie, which we discussed on the show, which I didn't like. And I feel like if that had had two <laughs> pods in a season or three pods in a season, I really would have liked yeah. it. I, I mean, yeah, I, I disagree. I think that show was suited to the Monster of the Week and I actually wish it would just stick to doing more of that because right now it's a bit story heavy. But um, shows like The Flash um, on CW could definitely mm. use this. They're, they really sort of pad out their stories and especially yeah. to the point where it makes no sense. Like, um, you know, like a new villain will show up and, and terrorize the city and it's like, oh, no, this is like a big deal. And then there's just like four episodes where they sort of fight a villain of the week. And it's sort of like, mm. what the hell is this new villain doing? And then, the, you know... The, <laughs> He's just hanging out. Yeah, and then the new villain will sort of come back and it's like, oh, I'm just as terrible as ever. And it's like, yeah, but apparently you take yeah. like five-week no, naps. Don't you know that the new villain hired the other villains to terrorize the city because he didn't want to terrorize the city yet because <laughs> he didn't want to get his hands dirty yet, but he will later, but he doesn't want to yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just going to have to stay tuned to find out why. <laughs> and when we get to the end, just forget about it. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's such a, it's such a great device. I really hope it starts to become a lot more common. Um, either that or shows mm, just need yeah. to start doing, you know, the, the thing where they shorter seasons. yeah where they only have ten or thirteen <laughs> in a season anyway, and I mean that's what most like Netflix and Hulu shows do. So yeah, and I, we we talk about this a lot. I, I feel like I bring this up for a lot of shows, which is just American seasons are too long. It just hinders the 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 plot of the show. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And again, it depends on the show, but it and that's sort of the problem is I think for most shows the type of show isn't considered too much it's for or for network shows it's you know 22 weeks or or nothing or something yeah, like that it's a show so it has to have 22 episodes and yeah the, the pod solution is just a it's brilliant it, it it works so well in shield and i i, I don't see why it wouldn't work in other things um this is a long episode Elliot. <laughs> yeah I, I thought this might happen i mean this is look let's split it into pods yeah. that was the end of pod one of medium <laughs> Yeah, no, this is such a good show. I thought I thought we'd end up rambling. Like it, it's yeah. I could talk about this show literally forever. I um, think. in terms of like just plot, um, twists, actually like having decent characters with character development. Yeah, season one notwithstanding, entertaining, humorous when it needs to be, dramatic when it needs to be, incredibly tense and intense when it needs to be. Yeah, it's um, it it, it is it is really good. And I mean, if you start watching it and you hate it. Skip to episode 17, and I, I assure yeah. you that there's like a 90% chance that that will change. Do you reckon people can just start at, epi- at season two? Um, I mean, I've thought about that. I, I, I mean, I don't see why not. I'm I'm like a sort of massive continuity nerd. There's no way I'd skip anything. So oh, yeah, I'm a purist. I, I, I mean, I can't get in, into the headspace at all where I'd skip to 17. So I, I, at that point, I'm just like, well, if you're skipping to 17, you may as well skip to season four. Who cares? Just skip to season three, <laughs> whatever. Do whatever, man. Skip to the finale of season two. Enjoy. And, and I mean, I haven't, I haven't rewatched most of this stuff in quite a while. So it's, it's hard for me to remember exactly what's happening. But um, mm. def- I, I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of people recommend skipping just to 17. So that's probably all I'd really want to recommend but yeah i i think maybe watch episode one and then skip to episode like 14 or something yeah yeah definitely uh, episode one's probably still worth watching because even though it's not great it actually introduces everyone which is important yeah it does the uh everyone gets their little bits of introduction yeah <laughs> 
Um, all right, God. I don't know. What else is there to say about it? It's just, it's a show that we hold very dear to our hearts just because it is, it's great. It, it's season, I, I actually, I think I'm in, a bit in the minority where I, I, I don't like season five as much as the previous three seasons. I think it's better than season one, of course, but um, it's still great. But season two, three, and four were just, every episode I was just like, fuck, this is the best <laughs> show on TV. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I can't praise it highly enough. It's just, it's, it's great. It's great. Show. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. So, do you think we're going to see Brett Dalton again in season five? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Guess what? <laughs> he's back, and he's a zombie. I wonder what they could do to bring him back. He got like fucking sent into space and flown into the sun or shot some shit. Didn't yeah, he? maybe he he got put in some hundred year orbit. Mm, now he's back in the future. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> You know what else? One more thing to say about this show before we finish. Yeah. It's worth watching just for the Squidward pun that, that can be made about Brett Dalton's character in season three. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, anyway, that's, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> great show, great puns, great life. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, I, I would have to disagree. I think you only need to watch up to, I think it's like halfway through season two when Sonic the Hedgehog shows up. I don't remember this. Um Who's Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm picturing that character from X-Men that, like, hugs people. And, do you remember <laughs> yeah, that yeah, in, like, yeah. X-Men 3 or something? The character that hugs people and then spikes come one of the face to kill One them. of the characters gets turned into, like, a giant blue hedgehog thing. And then Sky makes a, That's um, in season three. a Sonic the Hedgehog reference. And it was fantastic. Wait, I do not remember this. What? Really? Um, Rainer. Oh, oh, Rainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. I kept thinking you were talking about Lash. This is going to make no sense <laughs> to me who haven't watched it. But, um, yeah, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. You, sh- you yeah, should that's, watch that's it. Good too. She, she's my OC. <laughs> uh, Raina, I think, is, uh, is Jed and Marissa's OC for Sonic. <laughs> anyway, all right, should we just end it there? Yeah, I think that's a good point to start. <laughs> all right, well, see you. Sonic OC. Boink, 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 boink,